0: Hello cricket fans! Welcome to another episode of the Armchair Cricketer. In today's episode we're joined by my friend and cricket fan Ravi. On the agenda today is Ravi's favourite bits from the World Cup, Shakib Al-Hasan versus Angela Matthews, what did it all mean, a recap of international cricket that just took place after the World Cup, a quick chat on the IPL trade and the upcoming auction, the Sheffield Shield and a bit about the state of cricket in Sri Lanka and finally we're going to touch on what we're most excited for the upcoming summer of cricket. All right so for today's episode of Armchair Cricketer we have a new guest in Ravi Vikramaratne. Ravi how are you going? in hi thanks for having me. No worries mate it's always a pleasure so I hear you're taking a break from cricket at the moment is that right not playing this year?
1: Uh, I've taken a bit of a backseat this year. Uh, I've just had my first uh, child, my wife and I, so that's taken up most of my time that I'd probably spend in the nets and out in the middle. So yeah, taking a bit of a break.
0: That's fair enough. Congratulations, mate. Wish all the best for your wife as well and hopefully everyone in the family as well. Thank you. So first up, in order to get started, I'm going to ask some quick fire get to know you questions. And obviously, I haven't shared these with you, so you don't know what's coming up. Let's see how we go with these. Let's do it. All right, first one, one or Murali? Uh Ooh, that's a good one. Um, uh, given... quick fire, made you, I get to think. <laughs> Morley. All right, Morley. there we go. Akram or McGrath? McGrath. Tendulkar or Kohli? Oh, Tendulkar. Ooh, interesting. Um, Dhoni or Sangakara? <laughs> oh, Sangakara, that's a good one. <laughs> I would go Dhoni every day of the week, but you already know that about me. <laughs> um so non-cricketing this one's non-cricketing what's your favorite
1: movie uh bad boys
0: bad boys i i feel like i knew that about you yeah. um favorite cricketing moment
1: uh when sri lanka came back uh, at the mcg against australia back in 2000 well, angelo matthews and Lasith Malinga put on a huge partnership 10 11 it was before the world cup yeah i know that because it's my
0: favorite moment as well there you go all right if you were bowling the last bowl of a world cup final the opposition had two runs to get. Last wicket remaining. You see the non-strikers leaving his crease. Would you run in now? And also, you know, known as a mancad?
1: Ah uh, no, I would. I'd keep bowling.
0: Interesting. Okay, if you could be one cricketer past or present for any given reason, who would you want to be? Ah, uh, Saga
1: <laughs> purely for his cover drive. Interesting.
0: A little bit of a <laughs> son to appear here. And then what's your humble cricket ba- humble sorry, humble cricket brag? So mine would be running into Shane Mon in the Brighton Coles.
1: Mine would probably be running into Marnus Labuscogney, uh at my local Coles. But that won't happen because he lives in Brisbane. So wait, where'd you run in run into him? I ran into him at South Melbourne Coles. Um was uh, just before the boxing day test last year. Okay, um, And uh, it was a bit of a fan moment because actually he's my favourite Australian cricketer at the
0: moment. Yeah, right, nice one. I feel like as someone who knows you quite well, that's a very understated, not understated, like <laughs> underselling humble cricket bag because you've bowled at the Sri Lankan, oh, I don't know if you could bowled at the Sri Lankan team, but you definitely bowled at the Australian team, did you not? As in the practice wickets at the MCG,
1: I remember because you snuck me in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now that you say it, that's actually a, 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 you make a really good point. I, um, yeah, I guess I've been lucky enough to bowl to a few touring sides prior to a Boxing Day test. So if I can have another shot at it, I reckon it was having a having a, a very casual chat with MS Donny uh, and Suresh Raina uh, in the practice nets after I'd had a bowl, and he just uh, basically told us about how much he loves his mum's curry. Nice, and th- that was Dony, was he? That was Donny, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, was he a nice guy? He's he's hands down the most humble and um, down to earth person I've ever met, um, and I've met a few cricketers in my days, and uh, I can yeah I can I can say that that he's one of the best. That's
0: so interesting here in that because I've heard you know like the Gavaskas and the Harsha Bogles say it, and to hear that from those guys, and then to hear it from you know a normal human being as well I think it says a lot about that cricketer anyways that was a really good round I liked your answers all right so let's get started with some of the topics that I gave you a heads up about that's coming up so let's start with the cricket world cup that just took three the 2023 cricket world cup just finished in India you know as per usual us Aussies one again yeah I thought that was a great result what were your favorite
1: bits um, look, being a Victorian, I think Glenn Maxwell's performance was probably the best. Um, just watching him play that night and with absolutely no footwork whatsoever, um, and just hitting sixes and just you know creating runs out of nothing was quite special to watch. And he's he's just so talented, and, and sometimes I think he's a bit. Uh, I'd say he's he's not as well um looked at in comparison to other cricketers in the world and um, yeah I think that really put him on the market. hopefully he'll uh, have a good payday soon in the IPL auctions but we'll see.
0: I was actually reading an article about him today talking about he was pretty much saying oh I've made so much money now like it doesn't really matter I can you know pick and choose where I play and concentrate on a few things and I think it was the first time I was reading an article about him where he just seems like he's reached cricketing nirvana like you know there was so much pressure on him to perform this whole time and to be honest he probably was consistently viewed as someone who under-delivered and after these world cup it's probably for the first time where people are going actually he's a two-time world cup winner now t20 world t20 winner he's he's done his bit and um yeah i think it feel from that article it sounded like he's got the same um, feeling as well yeah and your least
1: favorite bit Um, look, I don't really have one, but I think it's more of a, I think it's just the World Cup in general. I I thought it was a bit underwhelming and there there wasn't enough hype around it um, leading up to it. Even in Australia, there was just, you know, unless you're into cricket or you're, you know, probably from the subcontinent and you love cricket, you don't really even know that the World Cup was on. Um, So, look, I mean you know, in defence to Australian TV, not a lot of people watch free to air TV these days, so it, you know, there's not much advertisements that really go on that um, that really get the message across to the wider community. But I think yeah, there could have been more hype around it. Um it's a cricket World Cup. We used to love it, but now there's there's obviously a lot of World Cups, you know, there's one almost every year. Um uh, well there has been anyway for the past few years, so I guess that could also be a reason. But yeah, yeah, not really any game, more so that I, I would say yeah that's really
0: interesting because I tend to agree, and I said a similar thing in the last episode. And a really good example is the you know the women's soccer teams uh, World Cup that was on early in the year, uh, the whole country knew about it, the whole world knew about it. And in all honesty, there's more money in Cricket Australia going around than the women's soccer. So the fact that they couldn't get even on par with that, but not only even on par, they were significantly behind on it. No one near the Cricket World Cup was on it. So I think you've just, you know, got it spot on. That, that was my most disappointing bit as well. Um, I thought the cricket improved significantly towards the end of the tournament, um, like they tend to, you know, there was a lot of, um, you know, underwhelming teams at times um, that can do one-hit wonders, but not too many. Hey, um, trick question. Oh, not trick question, but I didn't give you a heads up on this one. So thoughts on Sri Lanka's performance in the World Cup?
1: Um, pretty dismal, uh, very inconsistent. Uh, you know, there's obviously underlying factors as to their performances, some would say. Um, but I think uh, our cricket's been in tatters for a number of years and that's um, for various reasons, selection issues, you know, all sorts of political issues. Um, so I think we we are a country, or Sri Lanka like, is a country with a lot of potential. Um, and, uh, you know, Sri Lanka has produced some of the world's best cricketers and that's really not there at the moment. Um, so there needs to be a big overhaul um, to really come back from that um, from that effort during the World Cup.
0: Yeah, I think um, once again, you're making all the correct points there. The interesting one for me is like there was a massive period where there was no talent in Sri Lanka cricket, but they've got the talent now. I don't like that they're all very one size, so to speak of. They're all between like, you know, five foot six and five foot eight kind of thing. There's no tall... batsmen or or bowlers or things like that happening as much as you would like a team to have variety. They're very one-dimensional in my opinion, but the talent's definitely there. So I think just a bit of professionalism and a good coach is required. I don't think Chris Silverwood's the answer. He wasn't for England. I don't see how he's going to
1: be for Sri Lanka either. Start and show every tournament now. No. I think we need someone like a Justin Langer who really needs to kind of get into them. Um, and really find out the core of the issues. And just, you know, le- let anyone who's trying to intervene in their kind of future to really just step away and not have any input. And that's the main thing. It's 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 not even... It's all external issues, really. Um, and th- and there are people who are six foot tall, six foot two, six foot three. You know, Binnur Fonseca is a, a pretty good example. He's not the greatest bowler, but someone who would probably sit there and work with him can really get a lot of pace um, by using his height and you know there's a lot of there's a lot of those guys out there who are just not being used because you know, again for various reasons.
0: Yeah exactly. I think Justin is very much on the money. I'd love them to even take a risk and if they can't afford Langer go Voges, who's had a really good record in Western Australia for a while now. I don't know if Cricket Australia would have loved that. I reckon they're starting to groom him as the next one in charge because of his record now. Uh, but yeah, I think they need to change something up. so it's interesting. All right, so speaking of the Cricket World Cup, the most interesting thing of all time happened. Shaqib Al-Hassan versus Angelo Matthews. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this? And like, firstly, before we even get into it, ha- have you even heard of this being a potential way of
1: getting out? I mean, it's it's been a thing um, in 2020 cricket. Um, you know, especially in the BBL, um, you know, if you're not in your crease within 90 seconds, um, you know, the umpire and the players have the right to appeal, and then hence obviously you're out. But I didn't actually think it was a thing in international, um, ODIs or even tests, or I actually didn't know the rule was even in place. So, um, look, it, it's an interesting question. First of all, I, the rules obviously state that Matthews was out, um, but then there's you know there's controversy around the timing and you know apparently he had two seconds left or when they appealed or you know things that's what Matthew said after the press conference that he had. Um, my opinion, I don't agree with what Shakib did. Um, you know, again, I hate bringing the spirit of cricket into things because I think you know you got to you got to it's either the rules or is it, is it spirit of cricket? Which one do you follow? You know, if you want to be a good humble cricketer, then you'd obviously follow the spirit of cricket, right? But if you want to play by the rules, which again, isn't always, you know, sometimes frowned upon, it's, yeah, he's out. Um, My opinion, yeah, like I said, he, what he did wasn't ideal. Um, And Shaqib has been known to do these kinds of things where he doesn't really agree with what's, with things that are happening. You know, there's been footage of him absolutely losing his temper at umpires and smashing wickets and kicking wickets and, all this kind of thing and then all of a sudden when something like this happens and he's not on the receiving end of it, it doesn't make him look like the greatest individual, especially on an international um, platform. So, yeah, interesting. Look, I think there's two sides to that story and there's also, I think there's, you know, we're very divided as to what happened. Um, yeah, I, look, yeah, I, I don't agree with it, but it is what it is and that's what the rule says.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, I thought pretty much thought what you said i think the only difference would be i don't buy angelo being all like oh you know the helmet broke when i came in it's like mate it's a world cup check your equipment try it on yeah any other team whenever you see the next batsman in you see them with the helmet on ready to go and i get it you know if you had to wait for a while it gets heavy and things like that, but you're betting in the Sri Lankan lineup. The wicket's going to fall at any point in time. <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the other thing is, I guess from what you're saying is, and you know, like you and I have both played a lot of cricket. And the one thing we do when we pad up is we put our pads on, um, box all that kind of stuff. The one things we don't put on are our gloves and helmet. Sometimes we have our inners on, but we don't actually, you know, if it's warm or something we take them off. But the one thing we do as soon as the wicket goes is we get up, we put our helmet on first because it's hard to get your gloves on. Um, it's hard to get your helmet on after your gloves. Um, so I find that interesting that he only figured that out after he got to, got to the middle um, as well. So, yeah, I guess there's that. And then there's the whole, you know, thing around uh, should he have appealed. Um, and then some would say that, oh, you know, because you got Matthews out, you won the game. Um but, you know, who knows? Matthews could have gone out bold first ball, so which is very likely to happen.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think that nah, game either. was going to change uh, <laughs> whether Matthews did or not. I tend to agree completely with you. And um, the only one other point I would point out is at no point did he go straight to Shakib as soon as he realized and said, hey, mate, I'm so sorry, my helmet's broken. Is it all right if I get this? Like, you know, yeah. if you need me to, I'll I'll have the strap hanging, face a couple of balls and get the um get the new helmet. That's right. And he kinda had this ego about it as well, which I didn't quite like at that whole situation. And yeah, I think um normally I would be very similar to what you're saying as well, saying, you know, spirit of cricket, don't really do that. It's clearly broken. But I didn't quite like that whole ego and just ignoring the opposition. Um not really talking to them. And there's a lot of drama. I don't know if you've heard of the the snake dance uh background between Bangladesh and Sri Lanka and all of that. But there's been a lot of drama between the two teams for about three or four years now. I think both of the teams just need to mature the hell up and stop, you know, behaving like kids with each other. So right. that'll
1: be really good to see moving forward. I don't think it I also don't think it helps that their speed coach and their head coach are both Sri Lankans, so um, you got Rangan Harath is a spin bowling coach and Chandigarh who has been their coach for about, I don't even know, how, like their success has been basically while he's been there. So, um, and, you know, I think we'll obviously talk about it a bit later, but, you know, they've had recent success at home and things like that, which is, yeah. So, yeah, interesting, interesting turn of events that came. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's it's funny that all these things happen. Uh, you know it just happened to happen to Sri Lanka (laughs) that's the funny thing
0: yeah yeah definitely right and that's the thing right if it's continuously happening to you you got to at some point ask the question maybe just maybe I am the problem and you know how do we change this attitude up and how do we become popular in cricket again because you were for so long from you know to early 2000s to um, mid-2010s, like 2015, 2016, you were a very popular team and all of a sudden it's all gone. Anyways, that's for their branding team to work on. You created a good segue there. So let's do a quick recap of the recent international cricket and let's go straight to the Bangladesh-New Zealand game. So Bangladesh has defeated New Zealand by 150 runs in a test game. Yeah. And that was not a weak New Zealand line up by any chance. There was Kane Williamson playing, there was Jameson playing.
1: All their star players were playing. What are your thoughts? Yeah, interesting, isn't it? And um, I think uh, you had You know, wicket. I think it took something like, uh, it took six wickets from what I understand. And uh, in the second innings, I might be wrong, but, but yeah, I think it, it came down to that, you know. They obviously had a quite a good first innings, but I think uh, New Zealand fell away in their second innings, and that's where the the game turned. You know, I think um, Cam Williams got a century in the first innings, which I thought was a well poised century. But yeah, I didn't think I don't think anyone else really turned up um, to this game. Um, there were quite low scores, um, and obviously losing by 150 runs to um, to Bangladesh, being New Zealand, that's pretty big um, for New Zealand being, you know, one of the. Yes, they haven't made. You know the the WTC finals um, this year, and it's it's been difficult for them, but they've been one of the most consistent Test sides in in the World Test Championship. So it's it's interesting to see this, and you know it's a start. It is the start of the new season for the World Test Championship, so I'm sure they'll bounce back. But I think credit should be given here to Bangladesh and their bowling. I think that's where um, that's where the game was won.
0: <clears throat> yeah, you touched on something interesting. There, Tajul Islam taking six wickets in the second innings and four in the first i haven't seen any of the highlights of the game i'm guessing they created a quite a spinning track because which is their you know best way to win a game against new zealand which is smart play right like sri lanka was doing that when we were born in the early 90s and then they still do it right like there's a reason why they start the test tour in goal india does it we saw in the australia versus india series made the absolute um, dust balls Or, as I like to call it, apparently I've made this term up um, the mud tracks. Um, They just, you know, chuck the spinners in and try to win the game. And um, the fact that New Zealand got 300 and 190 tells me it probably didn't spin crazy amounts. What was interesting was I didn't realize Tajul Islam's played 39 or 40 games or something like that. I've actually, this is the first time he's kind of come onto my radar. His record's quite good as well. Um, I do want to watch the highlights of this game and see how they went. But What's impressed me more is I remember they were in a similar situation. I can't remember if it was New Zealand or England recently, and it was different. definitely a different coach at the time, but they couldn't finish it off. They messed it up. Um, I feel like the last couple of batsmen for whatever team just came out and striked it pretty heavily and got a, got them a significant lead and turned the game around. And, um, yeah, you touched on the fact that whenever Hatsura Singh they're you know, they seem to have good success. So I I really hope for both uh, Chandika and the Bangladesh cricket board, they stick with each other because it seems to be one combination that really works. You know, him and Sri Lanka cricket didn't really work. And we understand that, right? Like We understand Sri Lanka cricket inside out. So we understand why that is. But I I really hope those two parties stay with each other because the more strong cricketing nations there are, the better it becomes for the game. And um, I think we had a very interesting time in cricket where you know if we lose a few more cricketing nations like we're losing west indies and sri lanka to a certain extent as well we're going to end up with a big four which is you know what new zealand australia india england uh, maybe a bit of south africa as well if they can come in let's say a big five and the rest of the games are going to get boring i really don't want it to go to that so hopefully all these lower nations start to come back in
1: yeah and i think it- I think you've sorry, just quickly. I think you've created an interesting segue there. Just to comment a little bit on Afghanistan, I think they, I think they're a, a force to be reckoned with. Um, you know, in the upcoming years, I think they, uh, they, I think they outplayed themselves um, a little bit, but I think they did really, really well, and maybe underestimated their ability in this World Cup. Um, I think um, they, you know, they got close. If it wasn't for Maxwell, they would have absolutely bulldozed Australia. Um, as well, um, you know, we, we needed Maxwell to win that game, or else it uh, would have been probably the upset of the century, Afghanistan beating Australia. So, I think they're someone to to definitely keep an eye on, and you know, they're a self-funded cricket team. They don't have any assistance from government or anything. They they basically pay themselves to play cricket, so they play with their heart uh, on their sleeve, and I think that shows. So, yeah, I think definitely, uh, just you know, based on what you said, someone to really look forward to watching.
0: No, it's a really good point, and um, not just Maxwell to win that game, it was Maxwell and a dropped catch of Maxwell as well that we needed to win that game. Had they taken that catch, it would have been game over pretty quickly.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, you touched on a really good one there, which is Afghanistan. And it was a shame not to see Ireland in that tournament this year because Ireland, I feel like, has a lot of potential as well. Hopefully the ICC is investing into these teams. I'm sure they are because otherwise they wouldn't keep improving at the rate they are, but they just need to um invest a little bit more in order to make sure that, you know, they go to that next level where they can start competing against that, those next tier teams, which are, you know, the Bangladeshis, the Sri Lankas, the Pakistans. And then hopefully in, you know, 10, 20 years, they can even upset or beat the Indias, Australia's, Englands, and the New Zealands as well. It's good. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other set of international cricket that's been happening is India versus Australia T20. So what are your thoughts on the scheduling of this one?
1: Very interesting. Um, basically, it's three days rest, which isn't enough for the Aussies because um, they would have had a three-day bender after the, the World Cup win. Um, that was quite obvious uh, um, when you look at photos of Travis Head. <laughs> it looked like he just walked out of... Revolver in South Africa uh, after a, a pretty crazy night out. So, um, but you know, I, yeah, I thought it was an interesting scheduling um, to have a, a five-match T20 series straight after a uh, um, straight after the World Cup. It's it's interesting. I was um, scrolling through Facebook today, and a, a headline said uh, India successfully gained their revenge over Australia uh, over Australia. Obviously, talking about the World Cup, which I thought was very interesting because. Australia have sent basically all their players home um, and India's also fielding a bit of a second strength side, which I had a look and they've probably got more of a um, team from the World Cup than Australia do um, with like Shami and and players like that in the team. But yeah, some would say that it is revenge, but (laughs) again, um, I thought it was interesting, but having again to see Maxwell really perform was was nice to see because... you know, we love our Victorian cricketers. So, um, but yeah, I don't, if it was me, up to me, I, I wouldn't have scheduled that tournament. Um, and it's completely pointless, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, look, a couple of things. Travis Head's a South Australian, so he would be saying Red Square and not Revolver. I don't know if you ever partied at Red Square or <laughs> that, not. <laughs> that, it's a good seems night like out. You have. <laughs> um, definitely have, but definitely too old for that now. Um, I think the other one you touched on that was really interesting was the scheduling. Yeah, definitely not enough time, right? Like three days. I would love for there to be just a two-week block out of the international calendar and just say don't play in the next two weeks after a tournament because what we forget is there's so much commitment from a time point of view with these guys. They're away from their families. Even if they are with their families, they're in like hotel rooms and you know international just building cities, traveling all the time. It's tiring lot, right? Like if we go on a holiday to Europe and we had to travel across about four different countries, we feel so tired after those plane rides. Imagine doing that every second day. Yeah, so interesting one. Um, The second, the third interesting point you touched on, I think, is India believing that this is revenge. Okay, so I'm going to put it on the record. I love Indian cricket. I think it's one of the best things that's happened to cricket in the last 15 years because there was a... There was a time where we all thought, okay, so Australia is going to win every single World Cup for the rest of our lives. And then, you know, South Africa is going to be like that close second team that keeps choking and then every now and then India, Sri Lanka will pop up. But they'd really changed that. They became like a powerhouse and then, you know, time had it, England became a powerhouse as well, which was really good to see. I love Indian cricket, like I said before, but my God, are they heard about the result of the Australia, um, the Cricket World Cup final and us winning. They're greats who are coming out and speaking about how India are the best team and all that. And in all honesty, some of these guys aren't greats. They're just ex-Indian cricketers. We shouldn't be throwing the word um, great around like that. They just need to get over it. And to be fair, I, think, I feel like the greats have accepted it very quickly, but there's some Indian cricketers like, we, well, you guys just need to get over the fact that We won, you lost, and guess what? You had all the conditions you needed to win it. Next time, doctor the pitch better. You know, don't (laughs) put a track that resembles the 1996 Cricket World Cup final and (laughs) anyone could have worked out what to do. But to be fair, I don't think a lot of people did work out. Over here, a lot of people were critical of Cummins choosing to field. But as soon as I heard um, the deal was going to come in, all I could think was like Ranatunga, employing that against yeah. Shane Vaughan, not being able to bowl. Yeah. That's exactly what Jadeja and cool Kuldeep and stuff like that had um, to be fouled. I don't think there was too much to either. I just felt like we just outplayed them. Just accepted, yeah. you know, be a good, good, be a good sport. Just not cricket to keep yeah. going
1: on about it. That's right. And um, I think, I think Mohamed Kaif was the one that said they look great on paper. Uh, India, I don't know how yeah, they lost. Yeah, yeah,
0: and then um, <laughs> yeah, there was a few others as well.
1: Just, just quickly, I think, I think, I think most of the, um, let's say, a lot of it's probably coming from the, the fans themselves as well. I think they just can't accept the loss. Um, I think being, an, I think being an Indian cricket fans, you know, it'd be like being a Collingwood supporter. Um, you know, you, you don't want to lose, and when you do, you come up with excuses. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, like you said, you love Indian cricket. I think, uh, I think on paper, like even you know, just quickly, I think Collingwood's a great side, playing side, and similar to that. Um, but the fans seem to have these their opinions, and they don't want to agree with anyone else that says differently. So, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's, and I understand it's a different culture to us and all of that. So, so from a cricket point of view, with this series, though. One thing did catch my eye, which is the inability of our players to play spin. So, you know, outside of Maxwell Smith, Labushain, Head, and interestingly enough, Inglis as well, no one seems to be able to play spin. And I have a feeling that's going to bite us in the back pretty soon uh, when these guys start to retire in the next seven years and we start to turn over the players. What are your thoughts on that? Like, I feel like there's no real... Incentive to bowl spin or play spin in our domestic game, so I don't quite know how to go about changing that either. Maybe they should play a few rounds in Darwin or something and just create some dust bowls and encourage it. What are your thoughts on Australians playing spin?
1: Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I think um, we yeah we fail to kind of capitalize on 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 that, and I think it's you know, partly because of the conditions that we have in Australia and. Either from a domestic point of view and also even from a local career point of view, um, you know our curators all seem to prepare flat tracks, um, you know that are made for for fast bowling. And um, and I, I also think that since Warren, who I know is your hero, um, you know we, we've kind of failed to produce. You know, look, I think Nathan Lyon's a great bowler, but I don't think he's you know we, like we have we've failed to produce a really good leg spinner um Adam Zampa is not test cricket quality um, um he's too busy you know i think uh holding hands with Marcus Stoinis so um you know <laughs> we just we just don't have the talent um in australia which which then le- leads even the batsmen to you know always be facing fast bowlers because we just don't simply have the talent um so i think yeah i think going and a, and a lot of cricketers nowadays are choosing darwin over county cricket um Going to play up there during the winter because it's obviously they play cricket all year round. Um, they've actually got a quite a decent league up there, um, and a lot of cricketers are getting noticed when they're up there. Um, especially a lot of people that I used to play with um, who play premier cricket here go up there in the winter and they score a lot of a lot of runs and come back, and some of them purely on their performances in Darwin end up with big bash contracts. Um, so you know there's there's there is a lot of things that we can do, but I also think that. Um, Australia um, don't always seem to focus on breeding the young talent. Um, I think they're always so fixated on maintaining a team that's winning, and they're like, you know, it's kind of that mentality. Why well, should we change something that's working? I get that, but like you said, these players are going to start retiring. Cummins is in his thirties. Love still pretty young. Um, you know, Josh Hazelwood. All these people are in their thirties and. You know, Nathan Lyon is is basically retired now. Um, you know, like that's that's a given. So it's like if we sit there and go, Okay, who's who's he gonna get replaced by? I really can't tell you someone that's gonna be, you know, a powerhouse. I don't like you know, you've got people like, you know, Tom um, I've just had a mind blank, um, from Victoria. Um uh what's his name? Um you know who I'm talking about? He will Podolski Hanscom. No, uh, the uh, the spinner that debuted in the Ash uh, the Ashes uh, for Victoria, who wears the glasses, Harry Potter. Oh, um, oh, I've gone playing on him as well. Yeah. We know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, so They're, like you know, right, um, he's got. Pukowski. I think it's yeah, Tom. Something anyway. He's got a he's great talent. Um, he's obviously been working pretty closely with the Victorian um coaching staff. Um, you know in the bowling, but. Yeah, again, I, I just don't know. And it's pretty sad because if we're going to be consistently competitive in the subcontinent, we need to be able to play spin uh, or we will lose.
0: Yeah, definitely. His name's Todd Murphy, I think. Yeah, there we go. Todd I had Murphy. To that That's one. It. Yeah, oh, That was really annoying to me well. yeah. <laughs> You were like, Tom Summer? I'm like, I don't think yeah, there's Tom, Tom. Yeah. I think of Tom. Nah, I was thinking Tom Rogers. Tom Rogers. Tom oh, Rogers. yeah, the fast bowler. That's uh, yeah. a good bloke of Fast head. bowler, yeah. Yeah. Um, Honestly, if Zampa wants to hold hands with Steinis, he's allowed to hold hands. So no shaming <laughs> up any kind on this podcast. Thank you very much. And then no. secondly, yeah, you've pretty much hit it on hit the nail on the head, right? Like, yeah, I think there is a place for those flat tracks as well. Like, I don't know if you saw that Fraser McGurk getting some early in the yeah, where he went crazy in a domestic one day and just hit one of the fastest hundreds you'll ever see. And the reason for that is like. You know, this particular World Cup in India, for instance, if you get a track like that in India, you need to know how to play those conditions and go at eight, nine, ten runs and over at times. So there's definitely a place for that, but they just need to make a better mixture. I wonder if they can make the season a bit longer either way, uh, put some more Sheffield Shield games in and, you know, really make them play spin. They just need to do something with it, though. Yeah, it's an interesting one all right let's go to the next topic which is the IPL have you been following the IPL trade and the upcoming auction at any point
1: look um I'm going to be honest with you here yeah, I'm not a fan of the IPL um, I actually I think it's ruining cricket um, and um, I think part of it is you know obviously there's a lot of money that goes into um, into this but you know I'll, it's a business at the end of the day is how I see it but look um, that being said, yes, I have been, and um I think uh there's a lot of people to to look out for. I think um the interesting one that I'm interested to see how much he goes for is um Rachin um Ravindran from New Zealand. I'm very interested to see he's actually uh nominated himself at the lowest amount, I believe, which is like sixty thousand US dollars, uh, which I thought was interesting because he was one of the top performers in the World Cup. Um, and you know, I think you can easily comfortably say that he is a batting all-rounder. So, um, you know, five hundred and seventy-eight runs in the World Cup, um, strike rate of one hundred and six. I thought that was really interesting. Um, and he's and he's very young, so he's got a um, a very long future. And I think I've heard his name is a combination of Sachin and Rahul Dra- Sachin Tendulkar and Rahul Dravid's names put together.
0: Yeah, apparently and it'll be interesting to see one how much he goes for and two if he can repeat the success he had in the World Cup in the IPL. There's been a lot of auction blowouts for short-term performing cricketers in the past and very rarely have they been able to live up to their auction value and uh, perform in the same, same sense as well. It'll be really interesting to see. Um, I'm going to disagree with you on one thing. I don't think the IPL is ruining cricket. I actually think it's going to improve cricket from a f- long-term point of view. And one of the reasons being Australia as an example, you know, the guys have a lot of different choices of which sport to play. We just had the AFL draft. And, you know, you see some of those guys choosing AFL on top of cricket. But with things like IPL opening the doors for more and more uh, high-end athletes so to speak of it gives them an option to consider cricket seriously i think cricket was in a very serious danger of losing that because reality is you know before the IPL if you played for australia you could make a million bucks if you didn't you couldn't and now the reality is a lot of the guys are probably making more money not playing for australia and touring around the world playing the beast bangladesh um t22 tournament the Pakistani one, the Caribbean one, and um, you know South Africa has one. England has a couple. Australia has it. Has um, and then of course the IPL. I think it'll be for the best um from a long term cricket point of view, and hopefully some of the associated nations can get into that um, money pool as well. Um, another interesting one was Hardik Pandya left um Gujarat Titans. I think his team was um I can't remember exactly which the team was, but I think that's who they were. But he's gone to Mumbai Indians. And then Cameron Green from Mumbai Indians went to RCB. So what I found interesting was Hardik Pandya was the captain, and I'm pretty sure he was the title winning captain, potentially two years in a row. I can't remember if he won last year or not.
1: Yep, he yeah, he was. Yeah. So
0: what's really interesting is the captain leaving his team to go back to Mumbai, which tells me they must be thinking of asking Rohit Sharma to step down as captain either this year or the next year. I can't imagine him leaving otherwise. Another interesting one was the transfer fee. If it's in the contract, it gets pay, um, part of it gets paid to the player as well, up to 50%, depending on what's on the contract. It can be anywhere from zero to 50, apparently. So the richer teams can actually get whoever they want, which kind of defeats the purpose of a purse and a salary cap and stuff like that. But you know what? Good on Hardik Pandia if he's getting a little payout um, from that as well. So I thought that was really interesting. I wasn't aware of that Um, in the IPL. I always thought it was a very fair salary cap. Similar to that, you know, the AFL is one of the best sporting tournaments in the world from a salary cap point of view. It creates so much fairness and evenness. I think there's other elements in AFL that doesn't. But um, yeah, it's interesting because I always felt IPL was as well. But then hearing that the transfer fee doesn't go into the amount you can and can't spend in the auction was really interesting um yeah so green goes from mumbai Indians to rcb so i gave you i said i mentioned before that some players don't live up to their expectation I, I know green scored 100 last year but i didn't feel like he lived up for his expectation i think he went for like two million dollars or something crazy like that he definitely didn't perform enough for that price tag so they've just gone all right we'll trade you and rcb's taken him on And, you know, Bangalore has that flat track that everyone loves to bat um, all day on. So it might be a very good um, selection for him as well. I thought that was interesting. Um, Yes, a few things to look out there. Any particular
1: Sri Lankan players you have an eye on for the IPL? Um, Look, I think Kusil Mendes is going to be an interesting one to see how much he, whether he's going to be in it or not. I'm, I'm actually not sure. But I think he'd be one of the ones that be interesting to see how much he goes for because I think he's that despite his history both in and out of cricket, um I think he's quite a you know he's got a a really good head on his shoulders when it comes to being in the middle. He tends to, you know, I think even during the World Cup, most of the times when he gave his wicket away was playing the exact same shot Uh, which was a a late sweep down into cow corner and it ended up top edging. And I think, um, but other than that, when he does get that shot right, it ends up being six. So um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how much he goes for. And the other one's obviously Hasaranga. Obviously is coming out of injury um, since he hasn't played cricket since the, I believe the T20 World Cup uh, in Australia. Um, He's had major surgery on his hamstring um, and knee. So yeah, so it'd be interesting to see how that goes. But yeah, Quasal, I think, deserves an IPL contract. Yeah, it'd be good to see how much he goes for.
0: Yeah, he definitely had a good start to the Cricket World Cup as well. I think he just needs to get a little bit better at pacing his innings. Once you hit two sixes back-to-back, Quasal, you're a little guy. You're not going to have the same engines and the strength as the Australian <laughs> blokes. You don't need to try a <laughs> third one. I think you cost yourself some runs there. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. So I completely forgot someone who performed really well in one of my previous episodes and you didn't mention of him me Then I was really interested to see if you would pick up on it. So Madhushanka, yeah, he was yeah. one of the leading bowlers and that really caught me off guard. I didn't expect it. I wonder if he's um, nominated himself for the world um, the IPL auction, sorry, because he should. He totally should given the World Cup he had, even if it's at the lowest base and challenging himself. Um, yeah. And I think you'll learn a lot as well in that environment, you know, being around a lot of senior players and really good coaching setups and things like that. Um, A little cheap shot at Sri Lanka cricket, they might see what a, you know, professional outfit looks like for a change. So they might actually improve.
1: (laughs) So there is one other batsman, actually, Um, Saldira Samara Vikram, I think. You know, it'd be interesting to see if he has nominated himself because I think he's actually a very talented cricketer and uh, I think he also uh, saved us a lot during the World Cup um, from being humiliated. So, um, yeah, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens there too. But you're right, Mother Shankar's gonna, uh, yeah, I think he's a very good player uh, and uh, is very much the future of, of the bowling attack for Sri Lanka as well.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Sadira. So Impressed me so much to the point I actually couldn't think of a player of his nature just coming in and performing from the get go. Probably since Sangakara and um, Matthew, I'm uh, not Matthew, sorry, Mahela uh, Matthews did a little bit, but you know, he did a different role and he did it quite well. And then um, Chandimal had a moment early in his career as well. And Sadira is probably not as young from memory, I think. Is he? 30 plus it's 28 already? i think 28, he is I 28, 28, 28 30, i think he is yeah okay yeah so i think you're right um i don't know what his t20 record is like but he definitely should put his hand up and see if he can continue same kind of form um, in t20 and ipl as well because he definitely felt like a player with a lot of promise as well um oh, i was going to touch on something else you mentioned but i think that's enough cheap shots at sri lanka now so <laughs> if we move on to Sheffield Shield cricket domestic cricket in Australia I don't know if you've been following the results of the tournament um, so far but you know um, Tasmania Western Australia and Victoria seems to be doing quite well and then um, Victoria had a game against South Australia. Did you see the drama that took place? So what are your thoughts on it? The first bit, and just before we get started, is that there was a nick hand scam where there wasn't any reviews available and he reckons it was bounced. The South, um, South Australian said it was caught. Um, and then the second one was second innings. Fraser McGurk had a non-hit. He missed it by like five inches. <laughs> and the umpire like, yeah, yeah, he's out. And then the keeper was <laughs> quite surprised. So the one, he was out because South Africa, um, South Africa, South Australia stayed with the appeal. And the Fraser McGurk one, Will Sutherland, the Victorian captain, uh, decided to recall him because everyone was like, no, he didn't hit it.
1: So we should recall him. What are your thoughts? Um, sorry, to answer your first question. Yes, I, I have been following Shield Cricket. I actually love Shield Cricket. Um. Mainly because it's it feels kind of local to us, and we know a lot of the players that play in the league. And I um, oh, look, I think, um, I think Hanskin was had every right to challenge that because if that was test cricket, that would have gone straight upstairs um, to check if the, if the ball did bounce. So um, I look, I think they, I think they did tried to do a review I, I'm not sure I, there were a few replays that they tried to get but they didn't have the right angles or the right video or equipment to be able to actually give them a the right answer so obviously the benefit of the doubt was then given to the um to the bowler but um yeah so the appeal stood but yeah look I think Hanscom was in every right to do so um I I did think that um the Fraser McGurk appeal was interesting um in fact the bowler, uh Dougie Warren. I I know Dougie cause, um I played for a season at Melbourne Uni and, and Dougie this was this was only a couple of years ago. And um Dougie's a very passionate um cricketer and I don't know if you saw his celebration after they gave that wicket out, but um he it looked like he just got uh just got David Warner out. It was pretty special. But um yeah, that was interesting uh to see that and um Fraser McGurk yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, he was obviously very confident because he didn't hit it because they missed it by a mile, or he missed it by a mile. So, yeah, interesting, interesting appeal, but it's funny that it both came in the same game. Um, but Will Sutherland. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Will Will Sutherland's, you know, he's he's very, he's actually a bit like his dad, very humble guy, um, and uh, dad being obviously James Sutherland, ex-CEO of, of Cricket Australia, and yeah, I think that just goes to, to show how much he's matured since being given the captaincy for the Victorian cricket team. Which you know, I think he could be. Um, I'm, I stand corrected if I'm wrong, um, but I think he is the youngest cricketer to be given the captaincy of the Victorian Shield side, um, where anyway, I think he was only about 21 when he was asked to captain the side last year.
0: Yeah, right. Interesting. I didn't know that about him. He's definitely one I want to keep an eye out on the Big Bash League this year because I definitely. Recognise his improvement last year from uh, playing for the Renegades. He was hitting them longer. He was getting those sixes. He's been trying to for a couple of years, and his performance was starting to come together as well. So I can understand why he's been made captain. And um, yeah, seems to have a good head on him as well, which is really good to see. Um, yeah, it was interesting. I thought can, It's like mate, you're senior enough to not have a, not get too upset about it. And I understand it at the same time. I am empathetic towards him because, you know, he's coming into it's a critical time in his career where these kind of decisions probably can have a significant impact on it. Then, you know, it's really important to show the way to play cricket, especially to viewers and younger people who are playing it as well. And I felt like Will Sutherland really led from the front there. Hopefully South Australia can learn a thing or two from that as well, which is if it's clearly not out, like, don't appeal for it, you know. I um, think the question from a state cricket league point of views why wasn't there any kind of review left you don't need the most hectic equipment to have a have a look at the replay and things like that because there was some kind of streaming happening then the dudes who were streaming it could see it they had a look pretty quickly so that was really interesting as well if you want your best cricketers coming through to represent Australia as the next step you need to make sure these guys one are equipped with similar equipment and two you know know how to review it made me think maybe that's why some of our guys are really bad at using the review system and maybe that's why they're not used to using it you know they come into the international system and all of a sudden it's like a massive expensive feature that's available and um, they start to you know Hopeful luck there. Yeah, interesting one. Um, all right, real quick touch point on Sri Lanka again. Future of Sri Lankan cricket in your eyes?
1: <laughs> um, look, it's my dad, my dad really loves his politics, he's been talking to me about what's happening with cricket, and you know, obviously we're we're a sidelined cricket nation now, not a suspended cricket nation. Um, so, look, I think. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what Arjun we can actually do for Sri Lanka cricket. Um, I think he is what we need, uh, or what Sri Lanka needs. I keep saying we, but you know, I consider myself an Aussie. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, it will be interesting to see what he does. You know, I think what what does lack is the discipline uh, and the cons- consistency. Um, my my physio, who's the uh, also the Renegades physio, he tells me his mate is now the Sri Lanka cricket physio. And, um, you know, there's, he obviously gets feedback on what's happening. And a lot of it comes down to all this political influence and, and whatnot. So I think it's about eliminating that political influence out of cricket because, you know, obviously I'm sure it happens in most countries. You know, obviously that was the end of Zimbabwe because politics got involved and they lost players and, you know, things like that. Anyway, so... I think if we can get over or Shulika can get over the, the you know, the politics, uh and also, you know, probably remember that they're they're here to play cricket. Um and not here to go on holiday. you know, touring is not a holiday. You know, you don't want another t- court case. T- 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 for that <laughs> yeah. matter. Let's not go to all into that one, but seriously, mate. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know how he got off. But anyway, um it's um yeah, it's that there, there's a lot of things and there's a lot of maturing that 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 needs to be there. And part of that is having the right coaching staff and um, the right disciplines. And you know, if if some of these cricketers who play for Sri Lanka acted the way they did playing for any other country, or let's just say the big four, the big five that we spoke about, especially Australia, maybe you'd be out the door in seconds. They, they would not even think for a second you're, you're gone. We don't care how good you are. You're out. See you later. So I think that's the kind of discipline that needs to be enlisted into the Sri Lankan cricket um, board or f- cricket team, and that's what's needed because you know twenty what twenty, 20 two thousand nine to two thousand and thirteen you know like people feared playing against Sri Lanka, and that's all all but gone away since Mahila and Sanghakara left so yeah, I think that's what we need and there's precedent to what you're saying right like when
0: Andrew Simons was one of the best cricketers in the world. They considered some of the things gone fishing and stuff like that to be misbehaving and they just dropped him and that was it. Probably killed his international career a couple of years before it should have. It was one of the absolute guns of cricket at the time. I think the other side of – there's so much truth to what you're saying and don't name drop if you know who I'm talking about in this one, but there's you know talks about – not talks about, there's actually like articles written about this and stuff like that, which is about like certain players who have hit – people while driving and you know they didn't really get in trouble for that and things like that it it's bizarre like being a cricketer seems to be like a like a royal status thing over there you can get away with murder literally so it's interesting and that attitude really needs to change which is it's a sport it's your job you're there to represent your country you need to be doing the best you can and yeah when when they Perform. it doesn't look like a team that's there to um, win. And I know in the interviews they say only they can see the inner sanctum and, you know, like we can't see all of what's happening inside and how hard they're trying and all of that. But also, you know what, results matter. If Afghanistan can come into, a, become a cricket playing nation, what, in the last 10 years or so, um, maybe not a cricket playing nation, but a strong performing nation, and start to challenge Australia in Cricket World Cups, and we can't get even close to that. And we got comprehensively beaten by um, Afghanistan. I think there's a <laughs> little bit of um, soul-searching to do with Lanka and them to work out. And, yeah, the politics, I don't know how it's ever going to change, but hopefully they can work out a method that works. Um. Anyways, yeah, I think we've summarise that one up pretty well. Moving on to the last topic, so what are you looking forward to in cricket for the next few months, um, especially the Australian summer and any in international calendars as well?
1: Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of the Shield cricket um, because I think there's a lot of young talent coming through. Um, you know, the likes of Fergus O'Neill taking 10 wickets uh, in the last Shield game against South Australia I thought was really nice. Um, you know, debuted last year, plays played for Melbourne in Premier cricket and got the got the go-ahead um last season and he's shown his worth, uh, which is pretty good. Um, and yeah, so seeing a lot more of the, the shield cricket come through to really to, to understand who's going to replace the likes of Warner and, you know, those guys when they eventually do hang up the boots, that's, yeah, it's really going to be interesting to see how that prevails. And, um, look, I'm really looking forward to the BBL. Um, I uh I I do love the BBL, so that kind of contradicts what I said about the IPL because it's basically the same thing, but um but maybe because it's the local and I've got one of my good mates plays for the is playing for the renegades when he does get picked. And uh, you know, it's great to see friends play in the in the higher higher grades. So um Who's that mate? You can name drop positive <laughs> things. He's a leg spinner that plays for Casey the Calapata Lunkin. Um Oh,
0: yeah, he played last
1: year, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, he played for the Gates last year and did quite well. Although I'm a stars man, um, I um, did kind of convert a little bit when he was playing, just to cheer him on. And um, I took my pregnant wife to uh, to Marvel Stadium when it was 40 degrees and a bloody furnace on the inside to watch him play. So, yeah. Um, that didn't go down well. We don't
0: recommend that to the audience, <laughs> no. but anyway. Don't do that.
1: Don't try this at home. Um so yeah, looking forward to the BBL, which kicks off in uh, just over a week. And then um but what's what's isn't great is we just don't seem to have enough international cricket this year in in Australia and especially in Melbourne. We've got the Boxing Day Test, which um and I think I think maybe one one day and one T twenty, which, you know, the sporting capital of the world. How how do we not have more cricket, uh, international cricket in Australia, which I think is um, in Melbourne, which I think is interesting. But um, yeah, I think the main thing for me is just to see how how these guys go, um, and just having some cricket uh, at a time where uh, we're not uh, sleep deprived or although I am. Um, to be able to watch the cricket. So, yeah, looking forward to the Pakistan tour. And then, interestingly enough, we've invited West Indies to come and play a, a one-day series and a T20 series in SEB, uh, um, which which I thought was interesting because I think in the middle, Australia is off to New Zealand to play, um, to play a, a series there.
0: Potentially. I haven't looked into the calendar, but, yeah, you've heard most of them on the head, like, you know, there's some serious concerns with the calendar. I understand it, even the World T20s we've had recently and the World Cup as well, they probably need a reset year. I think it's going to be a sad year with one and the likes of them retiring. I wonder if there's any of you. Um, any more retirements. Uh, Fergus O'Neill's is an interesting one. I saw him perform quite well on the weekend and I went to his cricket info profile and there's no information, there's no photo, He's, there's his name. <laughs> the teams is just Victoria. <laughs> They've finally managed to get some first class and list day records um, under him. There's no age, yeah. there's no date of birth, city, nothing. I really want to know what this guy looks like. Um, yeah, so he seemed to be a, a good performer. Um Interesting enough, like, who do you reckon the top wicket taker in the Sheffield Shield at the Bowman is? And I wouldn't have um, gotten this if I was to guess. That's
1: a, yeah, that's actually a really good question. I know um, there's been uh, quite a few of those kind of um, 10 wicket hauls by a few uh, few of the Shield cricketers. I I couldn't tell you. Um I know Sutherland's up there with wickets. Um, he's He had uh, in the last Shield game that we had against, uh, I think it was Tasmania. I could be wrong. Anyway, he bowled really well. I think he took a five for it in the first innings. Uh, he's been pretty consistent uh, throughout the the few games uh, that we've played so far. Um, Top
0: wicket takers read out to be Chris Tremaine, Nathan McAndrew and Lawrence Neil smith So I wouldn't have picked those three at any point i'm really glad there's new names coming through and cam bancroft's number one yeah. for top runs mcsweeney who was quite impressive in the big bash league and then Bo webster number three for runs so there's some yeah. players coming through it'll be interesting to see if they can make that next step and um really make it to the
1: um
0: international stage as well
1: anyway I, th- I thought it was interesting um i saw a quick article today um that there's a chance that Bancroft might be the replacement for Warner uh, in the national side. So it's going to be interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, I think Ponting recommended that. It'll be interesting to see if that actually happens. Probably he's the leading um, contender if he's the leading run getter. That brings us to an end of another episode of the Armchair Cricketer Podcast. So Ravi, thank you so much for joining me and looking forward to doing this again. Thanks for having me.